Praise the Lord, everybody. He is the name above all names. He works miracles. He take me out of the street. He's taken me out of this hood. I used to be one of those knuckleheads that used to run up and down this street. But thank God, look at me now, that the name that is above all names looked on me to call me to do bigger and better things. You can't tell me God ain't good. I came a long way. I've done a lot of things. And no one in my family would have considered that I would be doing ministry on the day. Tell me you ain't all right. Amen. Ah, it is such an honor and a blessing to be here. I want to thank my pastor in his absence, First Lady, all the ministers here on today, my deacons, my brothers. This is a blessed opportunity. I don't take one day for granted, not one minute, not one second. That gunshot could have been me. You see where I'm coming from? I'm a corporate man, but I also have a color of skin that they shoot me. Even though I'm a corporate guy, when I get out my car, you still, I ain't going to say no more. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So we should not take these days for granted. Every day is a blessed day. We say we call on the name that is above all names. But did you say thank you on today? If you believe it or not, you open a present this morning. When you open your eyes, that was your gift of life. What happens is we receive it every day and you forget about the gift. But if he gave you only one day out of 365, you would give him all the glory and all the praise for that one day. But we get to see every day and we forget to give him the glory. We forget to give him the praise and it's all because of him. Amen. What a beautiful thing. Today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we're going to come from the book of Mark. Book of Mark. Mark 10, 47 through 52. Mark 10, 47 through 52. When you get it, can you all stand to the reading of his holy word? Amen. Mark 10, excuse me, that'd be 46 through 52. And it reads, now they came to Jericho as they went out of Jericho with his disciples. A great, with a, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called him, excuse me, then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise, 
he is calling you. And throwing aside his garments, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. May, the, may God have a blessing to the reading and to the doing of his holy word. Amen. As you rest on your feet, let me pray. Father God, we do love you and thank you for another day we have not seen. Lord, Lord let this tree we rest under be the tree of knowledge, the tree of wisdom, and the tree of understanding. Lord, let me preach a word that can be received to your people. Hide me behind the cross so they can see you and you only. We ask these things in Jesus' name, we pray. Every heart say amen. amen. My topic today, or the title today, is Calling on Jesus. We sang this song that we're calling on the name that is above all names. We call on the name that is above all names. The question would be, when do we call on the name. Statistically, you would call him if your life is in a tangle or you have relationship problems, you call on Jesus. Amen. Or, or if you have death in your family, you call on Jesus. We call on the name that is above all names. Or if you get a, if you're sick or you get some news from your doctor that ain't favorable, you end up calling on the name that is above all names. We call on Jesus. So statistically, we only call on him when we got problems. Statistically, I'm not saying that is the truth, but statistically, if you look at when you have troubles and problems in your life, all of a sudden, even if you're not a believer, you call on Jesus. The thing is, we, we, we get to do that. Those who believe and those who even don't believe in 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, cast all your cares onto him, for he care for you. That's why we call on the name that is above all names. Sometimes the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You get to call on the name that is above all names. When it seems like things are getting you down, you get to call on the name that is above all names. Family, we should not only call him when things are down. How about calling him when you got a pay raise? How about calling when you got a promotion? How about calling him when you were able to make your mortgage payment, your car payment, and you can still buy groceries? You should be saying, thank you, Jesus. Don't just call him when things are down. Call him when things are good. See, I found someone in my life, Jesus. I call on him every day. I call on Jesus every day. Now, see, from my funny side of life, I would think that if I call the Father so much, Father would be saying, is it Petey again? <laughs> yes, Lord. I'm calling you again because I want to work on my relationship with you. See, what happens is even when you're courting and when you're dating, you're calling that, that female or that male all the time for absolutely, positively nothing. 
but you're just calling them because you're working on your relationship. Amen. Amen. So when I call Jesus, I am working on my relationship. We're talking about calling on the name that is above all names. Every minute, every hour, every second. Do not let this word leave your mouth. Even when you sleep, think about Jesus. What if he come when you are asleep? Uh, Some hear me. Some hear me. We're talking about the name that is above all names. The name that is above all names. When we call on Jesus, do we really consider what he has done for you? No, really. Do we really consider what he has done for you? Do you know he hung on a cross for you? He hung on a cross for me. So when I cry out to him, we're talking about calling on the name that is above all names. It's, it's not no lip service praise when you come to church and let your neighbor know you're saying hallelujah. You need to cry out from your heart. Right there in the scripture, you see what happened, and we'll talk about that. We're talking about that name that is above all names. Here's the deal right here. Be careful. If there's any cussing Christian, I ain't talking about nobody. I'm just talking about what I'm talking But if you are a cussing Christian, help me understand how can you call on a name that is holy with a cursing tongue? How can you use the same tongue that you give him the glory, you give him the praise, and you curse him with the same tongue? How is it then, therefore? Well, you would say, well, now, Brother Pete, what happens is that I have this cursing tongue. I use it through the week. When I'm at work, people getting on my nerves, I need to let them know what I mean. Come on, y'all. Y'all act like y'all know what I'm talking about. Because sometimes the Queen's English ain't going to get them. You need to know. Come on. I ain't the only one. I used to be a cursing soul. I used to curse like no tomorrow. In my wifely, you don't even, I don't even say nothing. I got buzzwords like bananas and shenanigans because my relationship. I am working on my relationship with the Lord. I am an ambassador of him. And those who don't know the Bible and those who don't read the Bible, I am a walking Bible for them. So therefore, I can't say anything. I can't do anything because I call on the name that is above all names. What do you do through the week when you're cussing, when you're hating on your neighbor, doing all these things? You're like, oh, Lord, you came through the week. You should have came on Sunday because I had a hallelujah tongue on Sunday. You didn't call me on Wednesday. I didn't told Sitch and Sitch. She shouldn't have sat. She shouldn't have parked. She shouldn't have drank. She shouldn't have ate. I gave her both barrels. Praise the Lord, I reckon. I don't know how you say that. don't even make sense, right? How can you use a tongue that you praise with and cuss with the same tongue? I'm not talking about nobody, but if the shoe fits, change your shoes. Because if he come to you today, he may look past you and you may miss the bus. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. And then, here's the thing. We call on the name that is above all names. But we use the same tongue to talk about our sins. We use that same tongue 
to talk about our brother? How can you call on the name that is above all names and still talk about your loved one? Right, we say we call on the name that is above all names, but we ain't following none of his commandments. If you're going to call on the name that is above all names, then you've got to pay attention to the top commandments. John 13, 34 made it very clear. He said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I love you. That you also love one another. That is a commandment from the one you call on. You said we call on the name that is above all names. And if you call on the name that is above all names, you need to follow the commandments. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is a conditioning. This is how to reset your mind, reset your soul and your tongue. Because on that day, you don't want to be embarrassed. On that day, you don't want to be ashamed. People of God, you know what I'm talking about when Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. What tongue you going to use on that day? What tongue you going to use then? Oh, Lord, I didn't know you was coming. I would. He said you don't know the time or the hour. So every day is the day. Hmm. But what happens is, when you establish a relationship with him, he'll give you a gift. You can have whatever you ask of him. And say you're given the gift of the son. Now you can see your brother and sister's shortcoming. What do you do with it? Do you look at your brother and sister and say, well, I know because I have the gift of the son. I know your shortcomings so I can talk about you. Sometimes people who get those gifts think more highly of themselves. See, what happens is when you get a gift of discernment, then you get the opportunity to teach, you get the opportunity to preach, and then you feel I'm justified talking about you. Come on, because I have that understanding. God has given me a gift. The thing is, every gift from God is not for you. Let me say that again. Every gift of God is not for you. Every gift that is given to edify his glory, edify his kingdom, and support his church. When you're given a gift of discernment and you see your brother and sister's shortcomings, you're supposed to inspire them. If you can see your brother's shortcomings, you're supposed to encourage them. You don't sit there and use that tongue to knock them down. You use that tongue to encourage. Lift them up. Hold on, brother. Don't give up. See, what happens is I think, oh, I can preach now. I can talk about you. No. Don't think more highly of yourself. reason I'm getting all this out of the text, when I read this text, all this came and rested on my spirit. Thinking about how you call on the name is very important. Some just think we can just call on it and it's all good. I can live how I want to. Soon as I leave here, I'm probably going to do some things that are contrary to the word. Then you'll be seen and they're like, mm, I can't believe she's doing that. But what happens is when you get that discernment, you get the opportunity. Some people end up thinking more highly of themselves. And that is a problem, ladies and gentlemen. 
We would sit there and talk about you and ridicule you instead of lifting you up, right? But Isaiah made it very clear for you. With this same tongue, he said, but we are all unclean things, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. All, we all fade as leaves, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. How in then, therefore, you can talk about your brother? How can a rag call a rag filthy? And all your righteousness, Kenny Newman, and all the things that I've given you, you cannot talk about your brother. And all the things that I've told you, you cannot talk about your sister. He just said, and all your righteousness, Kenny Newman, you are still filthy. So then, therefore, I'm not going to edify myself. I will humble myself and know that I am also filthy. So how can a tongue call a filthy rag a rag and a person who is dirty filthy? We empower ourselves to say things that are untrue. We are all filthy. So what happens is you get baptized and you get a relationship with him, and now I have some gifts, so I feel that I can talk about you. I'm talking about Christians, ladies and gentlemen. This is how, do you not know, this is the first act. If you can't get along here, how are you going to get along in heaven? Because see, what's going to happen is people you don't like is going to be there. So you probably can't make it because they are there. You see what I'm saying? We got to love one another. Did he not love you? He loved me when I was out in the world. So how we position ourselves and humanize God and say, well, I don't like her and she ain't going. So it's, it's just an education for us to, to get our tongue in order. See, what happens is some will say, Brother Pete, I think you're wrong. I am clean enough to talk about you. I know the scriptures. I know the text. I get to teach. I get to preach. And I'm justified in my judgment call. Come on. But here it is. You are not clean of, and enough. If you're clean enough, you can just leave here and go to heaven. If you are clean enough, you can leave right now and go to heaven. But look what he says in 1 Corinthians 15, and, uh, 15, 15, 53. He says, now this I say, brother, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So therefore, long as you have breath, you are unclean. As long as you have flesh, you are still unclean. As long as you have blood that flows through your veins, you are still not clean enough. So therefore, we condition our tongues not to knock our brother. We're talking about calling on the name that is above all names, right? That's what the song said. We have to condition our tongue. This washing is a lifelong thing. As long as you have breath, you still need to be washed. As long as you're still here, you still need that cleansing. I need a wash every day. I know I didn't stumble. I know I didn't fail short. So I know I'm not clean enough. This is of talking about educating the tongue so you won't even be embarrassed on that day. We're talking about calling on the name that is above all names. 
The name that is holy. The name that is full of power. We're talking about the name that is above all names. So we should condition ourselves. And this is how we condition our tongue. Let your tongue speak of love. Let your tongue speak of joy. Let your tongue speak of peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. That is the fruit of the Spirit. Let your tongue speak those things. See, if you now we look into the text, look how Bartimaeus received his blessing by using his tongue. Bartimaeus is a blind man sitting on the roadside, begging. And it says here in the text, when he heard it was Jesus, he yelled out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Can he use a cursing tongue to call on the name that is above all names? Let me tell you this, Bartimaeus is blind. And Luke or Matthew, he said he asked somebody. He didn't hesitate, well, who is Jesus? See, Bartimaeus was probably pulled around town. He couldn't go on his own. But when he said it was Jesus of Nazareth, he yelled out and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This is all using the tongue, ladies and gentlemen. See, in the realization of it, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Ladies and gentlemen, he was going to Jerusalem to be persecuted, betrayed, spit on, beat close to death, and hung on a cross to be crucified. So this gives me the analogy. When, when Bartimaeus cried out, he cried out from a place that had Jesus stand still. But the thing is, in the text it said that some of them said to be quiet. Be quiet, don't be yelling all loud like that. See, the thing is, Bartimaeus is blind. So those who can see, when you see someone, you say, excuse me, D, can I talk to you for a minute? But if you're blind and he's at the back of the room, you say, excuse me, D. So the people told him to be quiet. But he yelled out even more. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible said Jesus stood still. Now listen, it was a multitude of people there. They were surrounded by people calling his name. But he heard the blind man bark the name. Why is that so? So I read in the commentary, he said, because when, when Bartimaeus cried out, he cried out from his heart. Bartimaeus cried out from his soul. So everyone else there was just giving him lip service praise. He didn't hear nobody else. He heard the beggar on the roadside. So when you cry out, cry out from your heart. Cry out from your soul. Do not miss the bus. I use that analogy because, as I said, Jesus was going through, right? So if he didn't cry out on that day, he may have missed the bus. He would have missed his healing on that day. If Bartimaeus did not cry out, he may have missed the train. If Bartimaeus did not cry out, he may have missed the plane. The reason why I use those three analogies is because no one's life is the same. Your way may be by bus. 
Your way may be by train, and your way may be by plane. So whatever the modes of transportation is to get to the Father, let it be one of those. The thing is, if your way is by bus, let Jesus be your bus driver. If your way is by train, let Jesus be the engineer. If your way is by plane, let Jesus be your pilot. Right? Because it says, the reason why I said that, because what is it? John 14, he said, I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So therefore, if you own the bus, let Jesus be your trust fire. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. The thing is, you have to claim your ticket to get on the bus. You have to claim your ticket to get on the train. You have to claim your ticket to get on the plane. The name that is above all names is your ticket. So then, therefore, how can you use a cursing tongue, a hateful tongue, to claim your ticket? We're talking about calling on the name that is above all names. But just with that, you can't get on the plane with just the ticket. If you've seen with Bartimaeus, his faith had healed him. So you need your ticket to get on the bus. You need your faith to get on the bus, right? So you can get there and establish your relationship so you can get on the bus. But the thing is, when you cry out for your ticket, are you giving a lip service praise? The Bible said cry out from your heart. Cry out from your soul if you want your healing. But if you ain't worried about missing the bus, think about if you was at the bus station and you was by yourself and it was the last bus moving. You wouldn't worry about your neighbor. You'd be crying out from your heart. You'd be crying out from your soul. This is the conditioning of the tongue. Bartimaeus cried out from his heart. Bartimaeus cried out from his soul. This is what we need to do today. Condition our tongue to cry out to the Lord. Cry out for your healing. Think about this. Think about this. Now, if if Jesus is here right now, the reason why I uttered that, because I don't hear enough people crying out. So I guess everybody ain't got no problem. Because see, what happens is, if you ain't crying out here, Holy St. James is crying out. He going to go there and you may miss the bus. When he leave Holy St. James, he's on his way to St. Paul because they crying out over there. When he leaves St. Paul, he's on his way to Trinity because they crying out over there. You do not want to miss the bus. You do not want to miss the train. You do not want to miss the plane. Whatever the mode of transportation is, get on it, my brother. Get on it, my sister. Do not miss the bus. Because when I cry out, I'm going to cry out to the Lord. I'm going to cry out from my heart. I'm going to cry out from my soul. Because I do not want to miss the bus. I do not want to miss the train. 
I do not want to miss the plane. On that day, on that day, Steph, I'm going to cry out and say, Jesus, do not leave me. Hold on to me. Do not leave me. I need you. We have to condition our tongue. So when we cry out, that he'll hear from your heart. He'll hear from your soul. I'm going to talk about something my wife don't like me talking about. And my mother don't like me talking about. But church, if I leave here before you, remind my wife that I got my ticket. Remind my wife that I got my faith. Remind my mother that your son has his ticket. And he's working on his faith. I don't know when he's going to call for me. I don't know if he's going to call me tomorrow. But remind my family that I'm going to be all right. I got my ticket. And I'm working on my faith. I'm going to be on the bus with my grandmother. She is gone already. When she was dying, she said, son, don't cry. I'm going to be all right. Now I know what she's talking about. So if I leave here before you, I'm going to be on the bus waiting for you. Because I cried out on today from my heart. I cried out on today from my soul. I do not want any of you to miss the bus. Many of us is going to miss the bus. That is my concern on the day, T. There's going to be people I know. There's going to be people I love. They're going to miss the bus. It's the last bus moving. We are burying our brothers and sisters on a daily. We cannot take the chance on today. We need to encourage one another to claim your ticket, to work on your face, and get on the bus. Thank you.